Hi, everyone. Welcome to Parenting Portal. My name is Joanna Port. I am a mom of four to Zoe, Levi, Ruby, and Ray, and I am the director at Crestwood Hills Preschool in Los Angeles. This podcast is a guided discussion between me and an expert in the field of parenting. Today's episode is called Tricky People. I'm talking with Patty Fitzgerald. Watch out for tricky people. There are yeah, yeah touches and no, no touches. I'm just not comfortable, so I've got to say no. Patty's the founder of safelyeverafter.com and is a leading expert in the field of childhood sexual abuse prevention. She is a former preschool teacher and a certified child visitation monitor, and her workshops and classroom curriculum are now used at schools throughout the United States. Patty is the author of two highly acclaimed children's books, No Trespassing, This Is My Body, and Super Duper Safety School. She has been featured on Good Morning America, ABC World News, CNN, MSNBC, Dateline, and local TV and radio news programs across the country. The most important job she has, however, is as a mom to her 21-year-old daughter, Marissa, who was the inspiration for Safely Ever After right from the start. Hi, Patty. Hi, how are you? Good. What is a tricky person? Well, a tricky person is somebody who tries to either trick a kid or a parent into thinking that they're safe and appropriate by using what we call grooming tricks. So a tricky person is basically somebody who is trying to pull the wool over your eyes and trick you into being with your kid. Why do you like to say tricky person instead of stranger danger? I hate stranger danger. That just, it makes my skin crawl because, well, a couple of reasons. First of all, 90% of sexual abuse happens to kids by someone they know. Mm. It's usually someone like what I call Uncle Creepy, Cousin Yucky, um, Coach Sandusky, (laughs) priests and rabbis, you know, those kinds of people who are Mm. sort of infiltrated into our family circle. And so... When you just teach kids about stranger danger, you're Mm -hmm. missing a whole big portion of who is really victimizing our kids. Mm -hmm. But the other reason stranger danger doesn't work is because even when there is a stranger at the park, if they want to engage with a kid, they're going to be friendly. They're going to have some kind of a trick or a lure. And so the stranger radar doesn't even kick in with your kid when it should because that tricky person is really nice, not like a stranger. And there you go. And I think the words tricky people really resonates with kids. Yeah, kids don't like the idea of being tricked. So when I teach kids, if I'm teaching them about like what I call the yeah, yeahs and the no-nos. Yeah. And the no-nos are the tricks. When somebody tries to trick you, kids don't like to feel like somebody's getting over on me. Yeah. And so it's empowering. And when they recognize a trick, it's... They've learned about safety in a non-fearful way. Rather than scaring them, we've lifted them up. Right. It's the whole point behind tricky people. And I feel like if you were to say stranger danger, we talk to strangers all the time. Exactly. And like, so it might be very confusing to a kid. Yeah. If you're, you know, at the market and you randomly talk to somebody, then all of a sudden, that's a stranger. That's a stranger. So they can easily say to you, but mommy, you're talking to a stranger right now. Right. So tricky people kind of puts it in another. Right, right. 
Exactly. We're, we're asking kids to make an awful lot of um, judgment calls when we try and teach them stranger danger. Yeah. They, now they've got to figure out, is it a good stranger, a bad stranger, a stranger I know a lot, a little, too much. Tricky people, covers everything. I like that a lot. Thank you. How can I teach my kids about tricky people without scaring them? Okay, it's not nearly as hard mm-hmm. as people think. It's such mm-hmm. an emotional topic. We think we have to be really heavy-handed and scare the crap out of our kids. Yeah. And we don't. So to start teaching your kids about tricky people, mm-hmm. the first thing that I do is talk to my young kids in classrooms and even my own daughter, Marissa, about appropriate yeah-yeah behavior and no-no behavior. I teach kids some certain concepts or safety rules, like you're the boss of your body, you're the boss of your private parts, Mm -hmm. there's no secrets from parents if it's a private part secret about your body. Um, I teach kids to check first before you just go taking off with somebody, even if you know that person. You always got to check in first. So I try to start by teaching kids empowering rules that are proactive. You know, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Well, I don't keep secrets. I tell my mom. I'm the boss of my body. I always ask first. So... What I teach kids are the rules. And then I say, if somebody breaks the rules, they're being a tricky person today. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't scare them, but it does remind them that there's these rules. And if somebody breaks them, uh uh-oh, tricky person. So we don't need to scare them to know about all of this. No, I, I, in fact, just the opposite. Mm -hmm. I think if we scare kids about safety in the world... Um, we either grow up or our kid grows up as a neurotic kid who's scared of everything, but we also don't really teach them how to navigate the world because they're afraid of everything and mm-hmm. they really don't have that ability to gauge their instincts, what their, you know, their gut instinct, that uh-oh feeling, because if everything feels like an uh-oh feeling or, or something that feels scary, mm-hmm. then we haven't really taught our kids anything. Mm-hmm. I think some parents find it, they don't want to talk about it because yeah. it's like an avoidance. If I don't talk yeah. about it, then I'm not going to worry my child. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to yeah. cause disruption right now. Yeah. It's like easier not to talk about it in oh, some ways. I, no, no, no. And mm-hmm. and if I can, I'd even like to give you an example of why yes. that's so important to talk to your kids. We can't assume that kids know this stuff instinctively. We can't assume yeah. that they know their private parts are private and should be off limits to certain relatives and and that secrets shouldn't be kept yeah. um, from parents if it's a yucky secret. We can't assume that. They're kids. Unless you teach them, mm-hmm. they're not going to know. I had a very close friend in Long Island who said to me years ago, I don't want to talk to my son about this stuff. He knows I care about him. He knows that his body is private. And if anything was wrong, he would tell us. He would tell me. He would tell his dad. And a couple years ago, she called me and said, you're never going to believe this. Her son had been molested by his um, youth minister at their church for about five years. Oh, my gosh. And the first thing that she said to him was, why didn't you tell me? And he said, I didn't think I should. Yeah. You liked him. 
when it started when the child was eight. So at Mm -hmm. that point, he didn't even know that this touching thing was inappropriate. Mm -hmm. And um, by the time he was 12, he felt so much shame and guilt and fear that his parents would get mad that he let it go on, um, sadly, for for four or five years before Mm -hmm. it finally came out. So So what would be the youngest... Child age to you know to talk about tricky people. Well, I think you got to do it in baby mm-hmm. steps. You know, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, I tell parents start by telling kids they're the boss of their bodies, and mm-hmm. you can just throw that little phrase around when they're two and three years old, and you're giving them yeah. a bath. You know, you're the boss of your body. You're in charge of it. Yeah, you're the boss of who can touch you. You can start that at two or three. So by the time your kid is four and they've heard it a little bit and they're in a different developmental stage now, you could say, okay, boss, your private parts belong only to you. And so you are in charge of saying, stop touching my private parts. Mm -hmm. And that's how I teach kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I teach them with a funny voice. I teach them what to say. But I start teaching kids in preschool. Mm-hmm. So that by the time they get to a more vulnerable age, they're already shored up with some information and some buzzwords and some scripted lines that they could say just in case they need to pull something out of their hat and say, yo, man, don't touch my penis or vagina, which is what you got to use with your kids. I love that. And the, it's true. To set that tone early, mm-hmm. you're basically as a parent saying, I'm open. Exactly. I'm somebody you can come to. Exactly. Forever. Exactly. I am here and you can come to me. I am yours. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not afraid of this, and yep. nor should you be, because we yep. have to talk about it. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like to tell kids, you know, I got your back. I used to tell Marissa all the time, some stuff's scary and you might not want to tell me about it, but no sweat. I got your back. Yeah, that's how you got to talk to your kid. Not yeah. like, listen, nobody should touch your private parts. You better tell me if that happens. Yeah, like like leave the anxiety out of yeah. it, or you're going to create more anxiety. Exactly. And yeah. if it seems scary to you, mm-hmm. then there's no way they're going to tell you anything. Mm-hmm. So you touched upon a bunch of buzzwords. Yeah. Are there other ones that that we should be using with our kids? Yep. Or I, ones that we shouldn't use? Either way. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, not to use stranger danger. Right. I also don't use good touch, bad touch. Oh, how come? Oh, I don't like good touch, bad touch. Because good touch implies that it's okay, that it's good. And bad Mm -hmm. touch implies that you're bad if you got that touch. Mm. The other problem is an inappropriate touch on a private part is not necessarily going to feel bad. It's not going to hurt. It could be very gentle and not even aggressive. So if I'm teaching a kid that there are good touches and bad touches, yeah. it's not very clear. And if a kid does get a bad touch, they think they're bad. Oh, that's so interesting. So I don't do good touch, bad touch. I do yeah, yeah, touch, no, no, touch. Uh-huh. I do thumbs up, touch, thumbs down, touch. And I also realized as a preschool teacher, kids love the word inappropriate. They do? They do. <laughs> Little kids are appropriate, inappropriate. It's very, like powerful. It's very powerful. It's a big word. They feel very smart when they yeah. say it. And so if you notice, even with little kids, they're always going, that's inappropriate. Yeah. That's inappropriate. <laughs> so I'll teach kids, you know, there are, yeah, yeah, appropriate touches and no, no, inappropriate touches. I like that. Yeah, that's, um, that's I think, uh, it's clear and it doesn't scare the crap out of the kids. Again, I also use the um, term 
uh-oh feeling. Okay. Listen to your uh-oh feeling. That's your instinct. Mm -hmm. I even use that with parents, but with kids in particular, Mm -hmm. I can't say to a five-year-old, listen to your instinct if something doesn't sound right. But I can say, listen to your uh uh-oh feeling. Mm -hmm. If your little brain or your heart is saying, "Uh uh-oh, this doesn't seem right, then listen to that uh uh-oh feeling Uh because it's telling you a big message. So there you go. Are some kids more attuned to that uh uh-oh feeling than others? You know what I mean? Like, it's a great question. Most kids are. Most kids are uh, in tune with their uh uh-oh feeling. Uh Kids have amazing instincts. Even very young children, they know exactly who they kind of go for, who they don't, who they want to be around. They just have their own set of instincts. Sometimes yeah. it's sim- it's as simple as, you know, they don't want to be near grandpa because grandpa smells like garlic. Right. <laughs> and their instinct is saying, I don't want to hug or kiss grandpa. He smells like garlic. Doesn't mean grandpa's <laughs> a molester, but it means you've got to listen. He's just a garlic eater. A garlic molester. Um, yeah, a garlicky molester. Yeah. Um, but, but it just means that, yeah. you know, kids have these, these yes. instincts about yes. people and we have to listen to them. Yes. So if you watch your classroom of kids, they yeah. will show you they have instincts about each other. They have instincts about the grownups that come in. Would you use that phrase, uh-oh, feeling like with the grandfather? Would you say, oh, it's, it seems like you have the uh-oh feeling? Or yep. no, you yeah, would. I would. Yeah, I would. Because I do feel with the parents that I work with, I often get that, oh, my mom comes over and she, my daughter rejects her and my mom is hurt and I, it's yeah. such a hard game. And, you know, and maybe yeah. mom is just, you know, grandmother is just overbearing and yeah. whatever. And I'm always saying to parents, just listen to your kid for this moment yes. in life and time or whatever, yeah. this specific moment. Yeah. And away from the scene, have a conversation with your mom. Exactly. Like, mom, when you come over, come in quieter. Or that's yeah. an example of yeah. like, but you yeah. would say to the child in that instance, you got the uh-oh feeling, didn't, don't you, when, yeah. mom, when grandma comes over? Yeah. You would. Except yeah. I say it with a smile, yeah. so it doesn't feel like, oh, this uh-oh feeling. Yes. But if it, if it yes. was Marissa, my daughter, yeah. uh, and it has been plenty of times because yeah. yeah. I have a huge, ridiculous family. Um, I would say, oh, you got the uh uh-oh feeling about Cousin Johnny, didn't you? Oh, yeah, look, you got the uh uh-oh feeling. You're not in the mood to kiss Grandma today. Uh Uh-oh. And I would say it to acknowledge it and make it sound like it's okay. Yeah. You know, every kid is is different in terms of the way you talk to them. Mm -hmm. But basically, I think it should always be in sort of an up tone, kind of a positive tone. Yeah. but that brings me to a yeah. huge, and if I may, yeah, go. Um, a huge go. thing about not forcing our kids to hug and kiss grandma and grandpa and all those smelly relatives. I get that question a lot. Should and, I be forcing? Should I be? What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, well, I'm very specific. And yes. I, I always have scripted lines to, to help parents out of the sticky situation. First of all, don't force your kid to hug and kiss mm-hmm. every relative. Because if your family's like my extended family, there are some tricky people in there. And if they watch and see that you are forcing your child to be affectionate, physically Mm -hmm. affectionate, that's an in for that tricky person. They learn Uh. how to manipulate your child. So instead of telling Marissa, 
kiss your grandmother, kiss your grandfather, kiss your aunt, kiss your uncle. I would always say, Marissa, we're leaving. How do you want to say goodbye? You can hug. You can kiss. You can high five. You can Mm -hmm. use your words. So I give her some choices. But then I always have that conversation with grandma or grandpa or even my sister. And I say, you know what? We are practicing being the boss of our bodies and the boss of touches so that Marissa's safe with other people. I, I really that. could use your help, Mom, teaching her the same thing. She's learning. She's practicing. She's practicing on how to grandma. say no or yeah. to assert herself or be right. independent. Think her right. about it. I love right. that. So grandma doesn't feel like I'm picking on her and saying yeah. I'm a better parent and you screwed up all those years. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm basically asking her to help raise my child. Now I'm more likely to get her buy-in. I love that. And, uh, yeah. And so I would say that ahead of time sometimes to my mom. Hey, ma, I guess we're practicing bossing my body if she's not in the mood to hug. You know the drill. Yeah, we're just practicing. Make it a big deal. It's also really, I mean, for Marissa, the child, it feels so good to be understood and heard. It feels so good that my mom is actually really listening. Instead of saying... Oh, Marissa, you're fine. You're fine. It's grandma. Yeah. You can, you're okay. This yeah. is okay. Like brushing it off. Yeah. You like yours is so acknowledged. Yourself. You're acknowledging feelings in such a beautiful way right. without yeah. hurting your mom, you know, the, right. the other. Um, because our extended family can get very offended. Oh, yes. We don't want <laughs> if, to be written out of the will. No, yeah. No. Or they can go home and go, oh, that Marissa, she's got a, you know, an attitude. When, when the truth is she's practicing how to be with others. Right. And she should be at four and five and six or whatever. They should be practicing. They don't know. Exactly. And as a parent, you keep undermining your kid. Like you're the boss of your body, but you're not really right now. And I have your back, but I really don't right now. Then all your kid gets is you don't put your money where your mouth is, mom. And so I'm not buying all this other stuff you're trying to I'm not trusting you. I don't trust you. Exactly. So, you know, consistency. How does a parent protect against tricky people? A kid's portion of safety is to teach them a few of those rules, like I mentioned, but a parent's job is to pay attention to who's paying attention to your kid. That's my buzz line. Mm -hmm. That's sort of my trademark line. Pay attention to who's paying attention to your kid. Uncle Creepy, Cousin Yucky, Coach Sandusky, uh, whoever it may be, Mm -hmm. they do something called grooming. Mm And in grooming, that, that's those are the, the red flag warning signs. Grooming means I've got to basically get you eating out of the palm of my hand if I'm a predator. I've got to really get you on my side before I start working on victimizing your kid. So a parent keeps their kids safe by understanding what grooming is and how to recognize it. So... It's kind of yucky and and sneaky, but it actually works in your favor because grooming buys you time as a parent to recognize when somebody is, is, uh uh-oh, and then you can put the kibosh on them spending time with your child. Grooming is a lot of flattery, um, expensive gifts, um, freebies, babysitting for free, volunteering to relieve you of a parental duty that they typically wouldn't do uh, for you. So, for example, if I may, you know, let's say that you can't pick up one of your kids from soccer practice at six o'clock because you're not done working until 630, right? So it's not the coach's job to go, oh, 
Joanna, I notice you're always late, but you know what? I can take your kid home. In fact, I'll even take her for pizza and then I'll drop her off. So don't worry about it. If you can't pick up your kid at six, it's your job to find the safest person to relieve that um, that parental duty for you. Mm-hmm. And so you would figure out, well, is there a parent on there uh, on this team? Is there one of my close friends? Is there somebody that I know is a safe person? So in other words, who's asking what? That's what I always mm-hmm. say in New York. Who's asking what? Who's asking for alone time with my kids? And who's jumping in to save the day? Does it make sense? And if I'm not quite sure, I call that 50-50 odds. And I don't do 50-50 odds with my kid. Mm-hmm. So I'm out to the soccer coach. I'll say, oh, thanks. I got it covered. And then note to self. What's up with the soccer coach? I better keep an eye on him. I'm going to hang out at practice a little yeah, more. Yeah, I think I might show up a little early. So we have to really listen to our uh-oh feelings. Yes. Yeah. Listen to your yeah. uh-oh feelings. As a parent, mm-hmm. it, it goes off all the time. But know what those grooming red flag warning signs are. Um, mm-hmm. They're all listed on my website, but, but they mm-hmm. pretty much are all the same. Molesters don't reinvent the wheel every time they want to do something. Mm-hmm. They follow a pattern. Charm, attention, affection, gift-giving, freebies being too good to be true. Mm-hmm. You know, grandma says she wants to take Marissa to the movies without me. That makes sense. If her math teacher says, I want to take her to the movies on Saturday and I don't want you to come, that does not make sense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. who's asking what? I also look in my own extended family. If you if you really want to keep your children safe and recognize tricky people, just do a um, what I call a personal inventory of who's always around, who's at every family barbecue, is your sister always bringing some knucklehead boyfriend um, or a bunch of friends that seem inappropriate, is there a relative who's a little too um, frisky, always looking to hug and tickle and wrestle even when the kid doesn't want it, or if it seems extensive or excessive instead of just, you know, a little, oh, hi, honey, a little or a little pat on the head. So I look for those kinds of behavioral signs. Mm-hmm. And that's how you recognize tricky people. And once you think you got somebody who's tricky, all you do is limit their access and alone time with your kid. Mm-hmm. So you may be with tricky people in your family. And if they don't get busted, they show up every Thanksgiving. Trust me. But you can keep your kids safe from them, even mm-hmm. if they're around. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at your own family. Yeah. 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 Okay. Your personal inventory. Okay. What are some of the common sense um, solutions to drop off play dates and um, public restrooms and sleepovers? Okay. Yeah. All the things that always come up at my workshop. Yeah. So uh, there's nothing wrong with a, uh, a drop off play date. Yeah. But you, the parent, have to have been in that household at least a few times, to get a vibe for what kind of a household it is. What kind of parenting style is it? Mm -hmm. Is that parent super loosey-goosey? You know, there are some parents who just parent differently. They think it's fine for a five-year-old to to walk three blocks to the park with their little friends. You'd be surprised. So get a feel for the parenting style. Mm -hmm. Are there older siblings in the house as well? 
And are they aggressive or are they impulsive in some way? Or do they seem way too interested in hanging out with the little kids? Do your due diligence and spend some time there. Is there an unsecured pool or a big dog that's going to freak my kid out? Everything I do uh, when Marissa was growing up, case by case basis, there were certain houses I knew were good for drop off play dates and other houses where I'd Mm -hmm. be like, nah, there's an awful lot of people that are always in and out of that house. There's, Mm -hmm. there's the nanny, there's the nanny's extended family. There's (laughs) the construction people who are always working in the backyard. And so I'd go, you know, that kid has to come and play at my house. Mm -hmm. What age do you think most kids it's okay for sleepovers? Is that, is there an age? Well, it depends. Yeah, I don't think there's one right age mm-hmm. for anything. I think a lot depends on what you've taught your kid, but also what you know about mm-hmm. the family. So with sleepovers, I'm not a huge fan of mm-hmm. them because they're a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Kids, you know, stay up late. There's older siblings. Parents go to bed early. It's just less supervision. So my advice on sleepovers is option A You can be a family that says, we don't do sleepovers. Then you don't have to make any decisions and your kid stops asking. Um, Or you do the sleepovers at your house, which kind of sucks because it's exhausting. (laughs) I don't know that I recommend that all the time. (laughs) But um, if you're going to allow a sleepover, what have you taught your kid? Does your kid know they're the boss of their body? Have you taught them how to say, stop touching my body? Have you taught them how to call you if the sleepover's going from yeah, yeah, and turning into a no, no? Yeah. Um, Do they know how to reach you? Are there older siblings in the house? I, For me, I don't like a sleepover where the older siblings are more than three years older than Mm. my child. Because they're in a different age developmental maturity. So like those middle schoolers who are already kind of curious Mm -hmm. about their own stuff and they're talking about more mature things. I don't want my kid at a sleepover with older middle schoolers when my kid is five because my kid's going to be impressed. And if they suggest something even, you know, sort of innocently, they're not, you know, the 12 year old is not trying to be a molester or something, but... You never you know. Don't, don't know. My daughter's best friend has an older brother who's a few years on the, the brother always has friends over all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's the other and thing. And so I always have the plays here. Yeah. It's just an uh-oh feeling that I get. Yeah. And the boy's so nice. His friends are so nice. It has yeah. nothing to do with the parents. Yeah. I'm just much more comfortable because I know there's a bunch of these older the boys, older, yeah. two years older, hanging yeah, out. And exactly. I just don't want her around that. Yeah. So yeah. that yeah, I might love you, but your son's also having a bunch of sleepover friends, yeah. and you know, and I it's can't, too much. Yeah, yeah. monitor Lucy Goosey. I yeah. call it Lucy Goosey. I think that's an old lady. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is today's world worse than it was for kids twenty or thirty years ago? Nope. No. Mm. No. It's so interesting because when parents say, mm. "Oh, it's a different world than it used to be," I'm <sighs> like, "No, it isn't." <sighs> People, kids were getting molested. Back in the 70s and the 60s, we just didn't hear about it so much. And we weren't teaching our kids about it. So there was an awful lot of non-disclosed abuse that went on. Um, Today, actually, kids are safer today than they were 20, 30 years ago because we're talking about it. Yeah, We are a more engaged group of parents 
um, you know, the parents of the of the kids who were born, you know, and then even in the 90s and the 2000s, you're just more engaged as parents and you're paying attention and you're, you know, pretty good about listening to your instincts. So yeah, the kids are growing up with a lot more yeah. communication. Uh, yeah. Years ago, it was like, don't talk yeah. about it. Don't talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have one last question. Yeah. Is this something that's good to say to kids, young kids? The only people who can touch your body are your mom or look at your body, mm-hmm. your dad, and your doctor. Yes. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, mostly yes. But you have to keep it in context. Okay. So if I'm teaching a kid uh, about safety and safe touches, I'll say it's it's a thumbs up or a yeah, yeah for a parent to help you keep your penis or vagina clean. And I'll give an example. Like when you're in the bathtub, mom or dad might have to help you keep your body clean. Okay. Or your private parts clean. That's okay. And when you go to the doctor, the doctor might need to check your private parts to make sure you are healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's okay as long as a parent is with you. Mm-hmm. So your buzzwords there are clean and healthy mm-hmm. for the purposes of being clean or the purpose of being healthy. Because unfortunately, there are some parents and step parents who are inappropriate. So I don't want to give kids the message it's okay if your mom or dad touches your private parts. Mm-hmm. That's a little too fuzzy. I want to be very specific. Parents, for the purpose of clean, doctor keeps you healthy. Anybody else? No, no, you're the boss of them. Tell them to back off. I'm the boss of my body. Boss of my body. I'm the boss of my vagina. I'm the boss of my penis. Kids love saying it. They do. drive you crazy, but it's good. They do. (laughs) And and also kids at five, I noticed, love to show each other their private parts. Yes. That's a big one. Yeah. Boys and girls, it's not... Yeah, no. Uh-uh. They all do. And so we have to teach at our school about appropriate, that, yeah. that that's not okay. Yeah. It, what are yeah. the words to say to your kid about showing your private parts? Yeah. Well, it's as you know, it's completely normal, developmentally totally normal. appropriate, just how they are at that age. Um, but I would say to kids, up. Oh, we're having a play date or up, oh, we're at school, private parts stay private or private parts stay covered. Everybody dress up again or put your clothes back on. I say that. I say, up, oh, we're at school. We don't share private parts at school. I like using that expression. We don't share private parts at school or we don't share private parts on play dates. Uh, I try not to make it a big like, oh my God, what are you guys yeah. doing? Put your clothes on. And then try and redirect them. Like, you forgot. Yeah. We had to remind you. But I do, and then I do have parents come to me often and say, I walked in and he was showing his private part, and you know, in my home. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to have that conversation with the kids. We don't show our private parts to our friends. Yeah. Yeah. I like to say we don't share our private parts. We don't share our private parts. Sometimes I'll say, I'm a grown up. I don't share my private parts in class. Big kids like you at the office. Yeah, (laughs) I don't share my private parts with, you know, the manager. So, um, yeah, that's that's basically how I do it. I think it's really important the tone that you use. So it's all about the tone. There's a very specific method to my madness, and and as crazy or silly as I sound sometimes in a classroom, there's very specific methodology to it. 
Methodology? Methodology. Yeah. Yeah. A good (laughs) word for the radio. (laughs) Well, that was great, Patty. That was great. Is there anything else you want to add that we're forgetting that you think parents would want to hear? Um... I think parents just need to know the world is not more dangerous Mm. today than it was 20 or 30 years ago. But it's our job Mm. to recognize tricky people. It's our job to make sure boundaries are in place with certain people who interact with our kids, monitor relationships, and um, talk to your kids about this stuff in an empowering, fun way. And your kid will grow up safe. It's not rocket science. That I can guarantee you. This stuff, not rocket science. Okay? How did you get into this? Um, Kind of a roundabout way. Mm. Um, I had some personal experience in Mm. my family. Mm. I dodged a few bullets as a kid, metaphorically speaking. You just felt... Um, uh, There were some tricky people Mm. that were in my family that I had to figure out how to stay away from. As a teenager, I had been groomed by a teacher, Mm. and it was a very good friend of mine who sort of said, you better stay away from that person. It's getting a little weird, Um, because I didn't even realize it. I was just all excited about that attention. So when I got older, and I became a preschool teacher. And I thought, there's got to be a better way to teach kids. And so I had this experience of and knowledge about teaching kids and how it works to teach kids, what, you know, the tone and the style of educating young kids. And then I had Marissa, and I thought, how the heck am I going to teach her without, you know, scaring her? So I did a whole bunch of studying. I became a child visitation monitor, Mm -hmm. certified child visitation monitor. So I started working with um, at-risk families. I then decided I was going to interview convicted predators in jail and um, survivors and law enforcement. I talked to a lot of police and a lot of prosecutors. So I put all of that together and created Safely Ever After to be sort of um, a, a resource for education and, you know, resources for if you need help. Mostly it all came about because Marissa was born, and I thought there's got to be a better way to teach her. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just got to be a better way to keep her safe from Uncle Creepy and Cousin Yucky. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it all happened. Yeah. yeah. Well, good for us that we yeah. have this resource. Well, thanks. Yeah, you're a great resource for thanks. all this stuff. Thanks. And parents, it does come up a lot with parents that yeah. how do I talk to kids? What is yeah. this about? How do I tell them about their bodies without, you know, yeah. with the right words? Yeah, I just want I want parents to come to a workshop or read my books and feel empowered yeah. like this is good. I got this. This is one less thing I have to worry about and I don't have to freak out anymore. Yay. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, God, how am I going to do this now? Okay. Thank you so much, Patty. Go to her website, safelyeverafter.com, for more information all about tricky people and other stuff related to kids and their bodies. Yep. Thanks for joining us. If you have questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email me at joanna at parentingportal.com. 
If you want to learn more about our experts or to schedule a consult with me or a speaking engagement, or you just have a parenting question you need answered, go to parentingportal.com. And remember, parenting is so, so hard. Give yourself a break. You're doing a great job. And do something for yourself today. Today.